Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about the Catalan coast. Stretching 580 kilometres from the French border in the north to the river Senia in the south, the Catalan coastline is made up of long sandy beaches, rocky outcrops, hidden coves, pine forests and sea cliffs. But there are also homes, hotels, hospitals and everything else needed for people to live and work in coastal towns or spend their holidays by the sea. On this week's episode of Filling the Sink, we're looking at a debate that's raged for decades in Catalonia, the balance between new urban development and conservation along the coast. Joining me today are Christina Thomas-White. Hi, Christina. Hey, Lurkin. And Gerard Escatch-Folk. Hi, Gerard. Hi, how are you today? I'm very well. Gerard, first, maybe give us a little bit of the history of the Catalan coast, because we're talking about what changes we might see now over the next couple of years. But, I mean, the big changes maybe have already happened in the past decades, haven't they? Yes, in fact, before, like, going to the coast was not really common for tourism. and People were still at the cities. So the coastline was really wild, like plenty of forests, plenty of trees. But with the pass of the years, their construction went on, going on, going on, mm-hmm. and the, it led to like a huge development in urban yeah. planning. No, definitely. I mean, it first started with um, just rich people from Barcelona, you know, going on their, traveling to their, their second homes. And then um, from the 50s, especially 60s, um, more people from other parts of Europe started coming in, and there was this huge tourism boom. And that's when maybe, especially the Costa Brava, maybe out of all of, of the different coastlines in Catalonia, that became really well known in the north of Europe as well as somewhere to go for cheap holidays and package yeah, holidays. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was also, um, you know, it seemed a bit more glamorous because you have uh, famous movie stars going there and, and artists and intellectuals. So that, that attracted a lot of visitors. So it attracted a lot of visitors. Obviously, hotels sprung up. There wasn't really much attention paid to the environmental effects or how the buildings even looked uh, as like no, a lot of eyesores no. popped up as well. <laughs> yeah, a lot of monstrosities up there. Yeah. And But we should say it's not just tourism that's putting pressure on land and on resources. A lot of people actually live along the Catalan coast as well as Yard. Yeah, in fact, Catalonia has around 7.5 million population. Out of this 7.5, 3.3 million live along the coastline. And inland Catalonia, we could see like around 4.4 million. Obviously, we could say, oh, there's less people in the coast. But no, because in fact, there are 15 inhabitants per hectare compared to 1.5 inland Catalonia. So we could see a big difference here. Yeah, so it's like there's this little strip of land all the way along the Catalan coast and there's all these people packed in. And I suppose we're talking about the coast, but it changes quite a lot as you go from north to south, doesn't it? In, In the north... We've got like from maybe around Cap de Creos, which is where bays and coves, and it's the wild coast, the Costa Brava. The Costa Brava, and it's it kind geography. of expi- inspired Dali as well, because it has these surreal rock formations and things like that. Whereas if you go further south, there's kind of maybe longer Long beaches, calmer, like not a lot of mountains. So it's a little bit more peaceful compared to like it's not La Costa Brava, it's La Costa Daurada. So the golden coast, you might exact, say. Yeah. Exactly, the golden coast. And yeah, you mentioned mountains there as well. And another thing, I mean, we notice it here in Barcelona where we're recording this is, is a lot of the time along the coast, you've kind of got mountains quite close. So it kind of hems everything in. We've got the Coil Sarola here in Barcelona. 
and it just puts that little bit of pressure on on land no and on resources. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The city cannot grow up because like there's the sea, there's the mountain, there are a couple of rivers, so like yeah, there's Barcelona natural... can't get any bigger. Yeah, and the, and the same is true for towns along the coast as well. So no, all also this is... uh, like if you go um, up the coast, there's not like a separation between towns. Often you're just, I mean, just between the same as between Barcelona and Hospitalet and you know San Adrián and Badalona, you can just it's just a continuous sprawl urban they just yeah, run into each yeah. other and the same happens in, in towns up on Maresma and, and beyond and all this has meant that there is a constant debate in Catalonia ongoing for decades whether to build more and where we should build along the coast or should we prioritise conservation uh, of natural areas green spaces habitats and of course, this is a, an area vulnerable to climate change as well, uh, which is a, a lot more awareness now of Christina. But it's not a new debate at the same time. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, now the effects of climate change are becoming even more um, pre- pressing, you know, because we have these extreme weather events every year practically and you know it's just a lot more visible but um even decades ago there were environmental groups that were against the the mass developments seen on, on the costa brava and other areas so it's, it's not a new f- phenomenon either but on this week's podcast we're focusing on the current issues and the current plans over the next few years and to find out more about them we spoke to Agusti Serra the director of urban planning for Catalonia and Dirk Yours from the International Friends of the Costa Brava here's Christina with the report High-rise hotels, suburban sprawl, towns that swell in size over the summer months and are far emptier in the winter. The fact that Catalonia's Costa Brava, a tourist and vacation home hotspot, was overdeveloped from the second half of the 20th century to the beginning of the 21st is no longer being questioned. In fact, even authorities argue that the greed of the past led to the current environmental crisis, not only activists. And Agustí Serra, who is in charge of urban planning in Catalonia, told me that many buildings probably should have never been built there in the first place. Because of this, the Catalan government is behind what it calls Plans Directos Urbanistics, or urban development plans, to review past housing projects and to regulate future ones. The maximum right. The one in place along the northern coast came into effect last year following a one-year suspension of building permits. And while the plan halted the construction of 15,000 new homes, another 15,000 will still be allowed to go ahead. Will this be enough? Environmental groups have accused the government of not being ambitious enough. Dirk Ewer is a German-American who lives in Pachadaru and belongs to the International Friends of the Costa Brava, worries about the future. You know, little by little how pieces of nature are being destroyed, pine forests that used to be at the coast, and, and everything is being paved. And you see after rain how the water has no way to escape. The water has no place to go because basically everything is cement. Mass tourism, he warns, can have a negative impact not only on the environment, but on the economy too. You know, it's it's difficult situation because of the dynamics of tourism that lead to a lot of precarious job situations, temporary employment. Serra does believe, however, that the current urban development plan is only a first step. Uh, uh, 
Down the line, he says, there will have to be some form of, quote, restitution in order to preserve the environment for future generations. And we heard from Augusti Serra and Dirk Ewers. Thanks very much to the two of them. The Costa Brava, out of all the areas along the coast, is probably the area where we've seen the most kind of visible opposition to new developments and stuff there. And uh, Gerard, you've spent your summer holidays on the Costa Brava. Have you, have you noticed changes even in your own lifetime? Yes, I like in my own in your, lifetime. In, in your own short <laughs> lifetime, you know. Thank, right. Thanks for like <laughs> the information. But yes, it's really easy to see because if you're on the beach or on the sea, you can see like in the middle of the mountain where there's like a huge forest there's literally a gap on the forest and then you can see how the weeks go by that like construction starts like several cranes like several houses are starting there and it's really easy to spot like that's why it's like probably one of the reasons why there was that that much noise because everyone saw it it's like literally there it's like not seeing Sagrada Familia in Barcelona <laughs> yeah. like, you how can't are you gonna miss lose it that? Yeah, yeah. yeah and what about you Christina have you spent much time along yeah there? well as a kid I used to go to Blanes a lot because my grandparents um lived there but um I hadn't been since they died when I was like 10 or so and um then I went again a few years ago so um I don't know I want to say like over 15 years later and um, I was kind of shocked because I didn't remember it like that. I just so, I just wasn't aware as a child that um, there were just these huge buildings there. And um, it was off season, too. So it was, I don't know, like March or something like that. And you just see these huge empty buildings, too, which, mm. which are a bit of an eyesore, in my opinion. Because they're obviously built to be full at maximum capacity but yeah, for a few yeah, short months and then yeah. what happens the rest of the year? It's it just the, 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 the towns like they almost like contract, you yeah. know, the mm-hmm. populations are just yeah, in, in fact, in Costa Brava, there is Begur, a really small but really nice town that in winter there are like around 4,000 people but in summer it's like 40,000. Yeah. So I, I, I've actually been mm-hmm. one of those 40,000 once <laughs> I spent a few before I lived in Catalonia, I spent a few days in Begur and it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, but I do remember going to one of the calas nearby, um, Cala Agua Blava, I think Agua it was called. Blava, Agua yeah. Blava. And uh, blue water. Blue water, yeah. And it was beautiful. It looked beautiful. You know, we did a little Camida Ronda, no, to get there, along a little walk along the coast. But when we arrived, th- like, I literally could not set foot on the sand. There was not, like, Too one square people. inch of space. Like, it was packed. People yeah. were... You know, and obviously people as well are on the beach. They weren't wearing many clothes, and they're like right up against each other. You can hear, you could hear the conversation. Free COVID, yeah. Free COVID. I don't know what it would be like now, yeah. but we actually just ended up like perching on a rock near the path. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never seen so many people on a beach, like you know, so densely packed together. You know, and uh, I mean, it's not like that everywhere along the coast, but those little calas, maybe especially yeah. in the calas, just these little beaches, basically. Yeah, they're the coves, really yeah. nice coves. They're yeah. really nice ones and like the best ones to go. So yeah. everyone, everyone goes to everyone the best wants ones, to go. Yeah. But it's just very, I mean, if you look back at pictures from the 50s or 60s, like these beautiful little black and white photographs of the area and 
the, the the scenery is just pristine you know it's like going to like some remote island in greece yeah. nowadays which it, which is just beautiful and then you go there today and you just want to go back <laughs> to barcelona <laughs> <laughs> i mean then you realize no. barcelona is not that bad no it no, is no, it no, is no, it is it is nice but th there there are a lot of people yeah yeah um so we've got these urban development plans then to kind of well control new building and things like that we heard a little bit about them there from agusti serra earlier but um Gerard, do you want to give us a little bit more detail about, about these plans? Yeah, this comes from a time ago, around 40 years ago, more or less. In the late 80s in Spain, there was the coastal law that forbid any buildings to be um, built up in the first 100 meters closer to the sea line. Okay. So that forced a, a lot of construction to happen after those 100 meters. Obviously, we can see some buildings still in this first 100 meters because these buildings were built up before this law came into effect. But now it's not that allowed. So, yeah, so the rules to... nowadays are much more stringent. Exactly. In fact, this new urban development plan that the Generalitat is imposing is reviewing all the areas that could be developed areas that are included in the first 500 meters of the closer. Uh, okay, so quite a big area. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you said Generalitat, just in case any of our listeners don't know, that's just the Catalan government, of course. And specifically, I mean, they're not, they don't just affect the coast, but we're just interested in the ones along the coast today. So there's kind of um, different ones for the different areas, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, they started these new urban development plans. They started in the Pyrenees, in the mountains, and then they moved to Costa Brava. The Costa Brava one has already been approved. And now they're starting a new one for the south coast of Catalonia that would go from north of Barcelona, from around Maresma to the south of Catalonia, Alcana. And then there's going to be another one for Barcelona metropolitan area itself. Yeah, because Barcelona is obviously a little bit different. Now, as we said, the urban development plan for the Costa Brava has already been in place now for over a year. Uh, but the one that affects the rest of the coast, apart from Barcelona City and the surrounding area, is still in development. To find out more about it, Gerard went along to one of the towns affected, Sitges. What a lovely day! It's sunny, a little bit windy, but still, not a bad day for the beach. Unfortunately, that's not why I'm here. I'm in the seaside town of Sitges, a short 30-minute ride from Barcelona. It is well known internationally in the LGBT community, and it hosts one of the most famous film festivals and carnival parades in Catalonia. In the center of Sitges, Tomás Gracia Constructions has its offices. They have been affected by the government's urban development plan. We were bidding to build two suburban communities, Daniel Gracia, the manager of Thomas Gracia Constructions, tells me. He explains that their business is focused on this kind of construction, and work is already suspended on a third project. These suspensions were enforced by the government when they announced the new urban development plan. They wanted to avoid rushing new construction in the areas under review. Sitges, along with 40 other towns and cities, are waiting on a decision. Overall, it could see up to 110,000 homes not built. In Sitges alone, 13 zones are under review. This is Eduard Terrado, a Sitges councillor responsible for urban planning. Some areas in the town could be developed, he says, but he warns that developing them could ruin the coastal landscape. 
He even compares the situation between Sitges and the Costa Brava. Aquí a diferencia de la Costa Brava, lo que es las urbanizaciones a ran de mar. Terrado says that Sitges has a more complicated coast as there is a road and railway that follows the shoreline. This is what he believes has stopped more suburban communities being constructed. Some of the areas affected by the pause on issuing licenses can be seen from one of Sitges' beaches. The view is astonishing, with waves crashing onto the rocks and some houses dotted around the forested hills rising up from the shore. What the local council wants in Sitges, Eduard Terrado says, is to have as many areas as possible under review in order to let nature recover as best as it can. We heard from Daniel Gracia, a constructor, and Eduard Terrado from Sitges Council. And a few seagulls there as well. Um, you know, just in case you didn't believe that we were at the sea. Oh, I went there and... I know and you went, Jared, well, whenever I texted you and said, you know, how are you getting on in Sitges? You just, w- you just replied with a lovely selfie with the, yes. on the beach, the sun yeah. shining. All the, team, all the team was like, oh, wow, what a beautiful <laughs> picture here. And you're like enjoying the sun while we are working. I was like, well, sorry, I'm working. I'm preparing something for Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if any of our listeners in colder climes are getting jealous, I mean, he was at the beach but he was wearing a scarf so it's still still it was it was sunny but it, cold it was sunny exactly that that was enough for me i mean i love going to the catalan coast uh, last year as well went to lovely altafulia do you know altafulia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. and other places on the costa brava but i think you know the next time i go i'm going to be keeping an eye out trying to trying to figure out where are they going to build next and you know because it really does affect your experience of a place as well mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and yeah and all the decisions that are made these like nowadays are going to affect us down the line yeah. especially in terms of climate change and and the coast being so vulnerable to it yeah and i suppose if i mean it's obvious to say isn't it but if we d- destroy it all then there's actually no point in going we go there because it's beautiful like you know so. yeah. time now for our catalan phrase christina you said you've got one this week tela marinera Tela marinera, like tela is like cloth, cloth yeah, yeah, and marinera from the sea, cloth. Yeah, the sea. Or, or like a sailor. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, so the expression comes from um, sails because I guess apparently they were very like um, expensive and uh, complex, to difficult to make. Right. Um, and I guess I guess nowadays it's used um, to express. Many things, actually. It's very I'm totally hard to translate. Like, come on, well, when do you say "de la marinera"? Um, it's a politer way of say like "darn" or "wow" or "geez." Like that. That's, that's so. When you're impressed by something, now you go "de la marinera." Yeah, or yeah, even it, for a bad impression like if you see something there's a lot of people in the streets you can say oh tela marinera yeah it's like crowded. it's not necessarily a good thing it can be a bad thing too but I guess you can use it for yeah you can use it for both things. options yeah. so it's yeah. just like OMG tela marinera no <laughs> kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tela Marinera from the 18th century, OMG to the 21st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tela yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> Marinera. And that's us for today. Thanks for joining me, Christina and Gerard. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks as well to everyone that we spoke to for this week's podcast. And thanks to you for listening. On next week's episode of Filling the Sink, we're going underground, exploring what lies beneath Barcelona's streets. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu. Mm-hmm.